Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Subi and You podcast. For all the fathers out there, the fathers to be, and the dad wagons, also the dog dads and the cat dads, and anybody who is a pet father, hope you all had a happy Father's Day. I had a good one just hanging out and relaxing, spent some time with my son, and then went and washed Pearl really well. It had been a while since I washed her, so it's a nice way to spend the day uh, just mainly getting some stuff done, but also relaxing at the same time. So hope everybody had a good one. So I have Sam on the podcast today who goes by P&W Auto Car. Uh, he is another member of Rugged Roo Crew, so I'm kind of almost losing count of how many members I've had from Rugged Roo Crew, which is really cool to get so many different members on. Uh, but we talk a lot about him growing up and having a passion for cars at a young age. We also talk about his Instagram handle and the name and the progression of that because there is a little story behind the name PNW Auto Car. So we get into that and then just talk about Subarus and a bunch of other stuff. So please stay tuned and check out all of this episode. Speaking of this episode, it is brought to you by Melee Design Firm. They are your battery and battery mount specialists. They also have engine bay caps. They are also a distributor for anti-gravity batteries, which are really great for keeping your Subaru going longer. And if you come across any issues, it's a great battery to help you get going again. He has some in a lot of different rally cars out there, including Bucky Lassick. He also has a battery mount that is branded with Lassick, so that's really cool. In addition, they have small battery packs that you can use to start your battery. If you don't have access to somebody else who has a car, I bought one not too long ago, a few weeks ago. Uh, so... I hope I don't have to use it, but at least I have the comfort of knowing that I have something there in case my battery happens to die. Thank you so much, Melee Design Firm, for sponsoring the Subi and You podcast. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at SubaruGear.com. Their featured item is the Vintage Mesh Back Cap, a classic style hat that is never outdated. This twill cap with mesh sides is perfect for staying cool and comfortable all day. No matter where the journey takes you, you'll want to grab this hat on your way out. Great for enjoying the great outdoors or your favorite Subi event. Get free shipping on your order with the promo code SUBIANDYOU, all spelled out. That code is also great for any of the other awesome products that you can find on SubaruGear.com. From other hats, shirts, beanies, hoodies, stuff for your car, stuff for your pets, stuff for your home, and also, of course, Subaru Motorsports USA branded merchandise. Thank you so much, SubaruGear.com, for sponsoring the Subi and You podcast. If you are listening to this and other episodes on Apple Podcasts, please go rate and review. It helps move it up in the ranking so that more people can find it. Uh, it also just helps give people an insight as to what you think about the show. And it's just, it's nice for me to see those too. And if you write a review, I will read it on an episode. So please go rate and review. It really helps out. And it really brings me joy to see what people have written about the podcast and what they think. 
Before we get into this episode with Sam, I have a couple of shout outs. We've got Sexy Subi 2018 and then Sally Xtrek. Thank you so much for checking out the Subi in You podcast. And thank you for all of your support from everybody listening, sharing, liking, commenting. Thank you to my sponsors and thank you to my awesome patrons. If you want to join Patreon and join in our little community within the community, go click the link in my bio and come hang out with us. Here we go with this episode with Sam. All right. So uh, welcome to the Subi and You podcast. If you wouldn't mind, go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah. Um, my name is Sam. I go by PNW Auto Car on Instagram. Um, I drive a 2005 uh, Subaru Outback LL Bean with the 3.0. And I also have a 1992 Mazda Miata, but obviously this is the Subi and you podcast. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, not the star of the show today. What, uh, what makes it an LL bean? Um, so in, in the late nineties through the early two thousands, Subaru had a partnership with, uh, outdoor company LL bean. Yeah. Cause I, I I think it was mostly like to advance, you know, their kind of presence in the outdoor community, right? That's kind of what Subarus are known for. And so um, people may, like, have you heard of like Ford Eddie Bauer editions? Oh, yeah. 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 It's basically that with L.O. Beans. And so if you buy an L.O. Bean edition Subaru, it was the top trim. And so you got all the, all the equipment, so all the optional extras, and then it also came with upgraded interiors. So, for example, mine has two-tone perforated power leather seats um, and a Momo wood grain steering wheel nice. and the six-disc CD changer and the upgraded 3.0. Um, so I have a six-cylinder in my car um, and the big sunroof. And so... Basically, L.O. Bean kind of did the interior bits and gave them, you know, the upgraded interiors, basically. Um, yeah. And Subaru could then market them as top trim. And then it was replaced by touring trim when the BM Outbacks came out in 2010. Okay. So how do they do the uh, six-cylinder engine? Is it a flat six? It is. It's still a flat six. Um, wow. Okay. Just like Just like the... Uh, EJs and the FBs, like in your Crosstrek, it's still a flat six. Cylinders, cylinders still go out towards the sides. It's just three banks, or I guess yeah, two banks of three as opposed to just the two. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I didn't. I've heard people talk about like a six-cylinder, you know, uh, Outback and stuff, and I'm like, I never really asked about it or kind of looked into it. So I didn't know if it was still a, um, opposing cylinder engine or if it was something different, but that's cool. 
Yeah. It's the Subaru way. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. The great thing about the 3.0s is they make just as much power as the XTs. Oh, um, nice. That's all the turbos. Uh, they have just as much, uh, they make just as much power. Um, the turbos make, I think a little bit more horsepower or torque. I can't remember, but they're, they're very close. Yeah. They're almost identical. Um, but the six cylinders, because they're not EJ based, don't have the head gasket problems that the EJ engines have. Okay. And they also don't have turbo problems because they don't have a turbo. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're generally more reliable for both for those reasons while making just as much power as the turbo models. That's good. And you said yours is a 2005, correct? Yes. So when, 2005. when did you purchase it? I bought mine just over a year ago. So April 2021 okay. is when I bought it. How many miles did it have on it? Exactly 150 and change. So wow. it was like 150,032, something like that. Okay. And how much have you put on it since? I I just ticked over to 160,400 today. Oh, okay. Nice. So I put about 10,000 miles on it this year, That's which nothing. is which is actually kind of a record for me. <laughs> um I Yeah. I usually only put mm, 8,000 miles, usually between like five to 8,000 miles on my car. Um, okay. But I've been doing, I've been doing lots of trips this year. And I, uh, now that I live in Bellingham, I've been driving back to Seattle okay. um, pretty regularly, which is about 80 or so miles. Okay. So I do that pretty regularly too. Yeah. I just rolled over 50,000 miles on Sunday and uh, <laughs> I haven't even had my car two years. That's amazing. Yeah. And I thought maybe like I was crazy for putting so many miles, but I've talked to a few other people that have done about the same or maybe more. So I don't feel so bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. I drive you... a lot. Yeah, I, that's awesome. I mean, you know, cars are meant to be driven. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, uh, I, I've lived. I live in, you know, before I was living in Seattle, which is a fairly big city with a fairly robust public transit system. And so, for me, like my regular commute was far easier taking a public transit system than it was driving. Yeah. Um, and so, wasn't putting that much miles on it because I didn't have a regular commute. My my uh, cross track. And then when I moved to Bellingham, Bellingham's a much smaller city and, you know, it takes like 10 minutes to get really anywhere. Yeah. And so even though I'm driving a lot more, cause it doesn't have as much of a robust public transit system, the distances are so much smaller. Right. Yeah. So I yeah. get in the car and drive like 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so you had a cross track before your outback, huh? Yes. I lease. I drove. I was driving at least 2018, dark gray metallic Crosstrek, uh, and it was a premium with eyesight. Okay. Um, that so, that was pretty awesome. I also had the blind spot assist because in 2018, blind spot was a separate option from eyesight, so you could get eyesight, but blind spot wasn't included. 
Um, uh, okay. You, for some reason, you had to tack that on extra. Um, and I was driving that around for three years. Um, the lease ran out. The lease ended April 2021. Um, and at the time, you know, we were in the pandemic and there was like financial crisis and all the rest. Yeah. And I just wasn't a car payment didn't, you know, you know, the car payment didn't seem like a great idea at the time. And so I did, and I didn't have the cash on hand to buy it outright. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I just, I turned in the lease and said goodbye to my cross trek and I paid cash for my outback. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So what got you into a Subaru in the first place? That's a really long story. <laughs> um, <laughs> Basically, I grew up in the Northwest, um, and if you've ever been, um, Subarus are everywhere. <laughs> you know, it's every every third car is a Subaru. Yeah, um, I was up there in March. Where were you? You know, great question. <laughs> um, I was really bummed I wasn't able to come see you. I, I think. I don't remember. I remember being so devastated that I couldn't come see you. I had some like commitment that I couldn't move. Oh yeah. And I was just so bummed because I really wanted to come see you. And I knew you were driving Falcon, the Falcon Rue, the Millennium Falcon. And yeah. I, um, and I knew that the crew was planning to go out with you and I was devastated. I was absolutely. I'll be back. I'll be back. You I better, gotta, you better come back. Yeah. I want to come back <laughs> up there again. I want to come up there. They, cause the, a lot of the roads and stuff were closed that they wanted to take me to, especially um, Micah. And, you know, he like really wanted to take me up to some spots. And he said that they're really sketchy and a lot of them are closed anyway. And so they're like, you got to come back when it's warmer and and not so rainy. So I'd like yeah. to go back at some point. Yes. Um, I've been trailing. I trail with Micah a lot or fairly frequently at least. Um, and uh Yeah. He knows a lot of spots. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. yeah. He's got a lot of spots. Um, he showed me a few of them and they're always so good. They're so, the vistas are really pretty. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just yeah. seeing his pictures and his videos. And I'm like, man, I want to be up there. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so you were talking about your, how you got into Subaru growing up in the Northwest. Right. Um, yeah. So basically, Subarus are everywhere, right? It's it's the quintessential um, Northwest car. Um, and so I saw them everywhere, right? And so in my mind, I was like, this is... Clearly, it's good because everybody has one. Um, <laughs> yeah. But interestingly, my parents never owned one. Um, I, I grew up in... Um, <laughs> my parents drove Euro cars. Um, and so, uh, I grew up in, yeah, Europeans, specifically German. My, my parents drove German cars, um, throughout my childhood. And so we actually never had one. Um, but I, I think it was something like, I, I never experienced, you know, Subaru, um, yeah. but th they're everywhere. And so when I, when I, when it was time for me to get, you know, a car, I, I, I said, I, I want a Subaru. Um, I want to try one. And so got a Crosstrek, um, which was great. I really wanted an Outback because yeah. like for me, like 
Outback is peak Subaru. It's their flagship. You know, when people think Subaru, they think of the Outback. Yeah. Um, or the WRX. Um, but um, Outback was a little bit out of the price range. So switched to a Crosstrek, which I was perfectly happy with. I'm very happy with the Crosstrek. Um, but but that's I think that that's what it was. Is it was like, this is the quintessential car and i really wanted one and specifically growing up in the 2000s my generation the bm outback which or bp outback which would have been new at the time Mm -hmm. um you know they were everywhere in the same way that like 2018 and 2019s and you know the um the current ones are everywhere just as much yeah um so did did you get a chance to? I mean, since you had a lease, did you take your cross track off road or anything, or did you stick to the pavement? I did some journeys with it, mostly camping trips. Um, I it it was a lease, so couldn't really you know couldn't do anything crazy. I you know took it up into the mountains for skiing, and I went camping and such, but nothing. Nothing mm-hmm. crazy. Nothing crazy. Didn't want to have break it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. And and I, you know, didn't have the experience that I have now. And so wasn't, wasn't going to put it through its paces and then get build a lot on it for breaking (laughs) a brand new car, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So you, uh, so where'd you come up with the name P and W auto car? Um, yeah. So, so interestingly, like I mentioned before, I grew up, um, my, the majority of my car background was European and German cars. And so growing up, um, you know, even though, like I said, I saw Subarus everywhere. Um, my like first love, I guess, was actually Mercedes Benz. And so my original oh, okay. Instagram account, was dedicated to spotting Mercedes's, Mercedes, Mercedes. <laughs> um, yeah. Specifically, like special ones, so you know, rare ones or highly optioned ones or like whatever, um, and AMG performance products. Um, and eventually, I my tastes kind of like grew and, and matured, and so I I realized that a name change needed to happen as I started to post more than just Mercedes. I started posting like Porsches and Bentleys and, you know, um, other cool uh, exotics and luxury cars that I'd seen. And so I I, I transitioned away from that content um, and I changed the name to PNW Auto Car and at the same time was about when I got the Crosstrek. So I slowly transitioned away from car spotting and into, you know, posting about my own cars. Um, and so I realized that, you know, PNW auto car would have, was going to be the name, um, because it was, it was, it's more holistic PNW where I live. I love where I live and I'm pretty certain I will never leave the Northwest. So I was pretty okay with that. You know, I'm, you know, I, maybe I'll move to Oregon or Idaho or whatever. So Northwest is broad enough. And then auto car, absolutely no idea where that came from. I just kind (laughs) of pulled it out of my head. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, automotive related and that's what my, that's my content. So. Yeah. The PNW is beautiful. I mean, I've been to Washington, got to go, you know, cruise around with Rugged Root Crew. I've been to Oregon for work, but I didn't really get a chance to go see much. I was in Corvallis, Portland and um, Eugene, but mostly just like around the, you know, the city areas. So I haven't seen like any cool, like outdoorsy spots of Oregon, but 
I would like to at some point. Yeah, Oregon's really pretty. I haven't done that much exploring in Oregon either, um, but I would like to. Yeah, but I've got a lot of Washington to explore still too. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot up there. Uh, do you have a name for your car? Yeah. Um, yes. So technically the Outback is named Sasha. Okay. Um, the Crosstrek was named Stella, um, you know, Stella, the Subaru. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I kind of transferred. So now this is Sasha, the Subaru. Um, but in all honesty, I almost never call her Sasha. I just call her Bean um, because she's an LL Bean. Yeah. Um, and my, <laughs> <laughs> I just call her Bean and my vanity plate. Um, I, I have a custom license plate that says Bean Rue, which is, you know, the yeah. smushed together version of Bean and Subaru. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that's cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess you've kind of always had a love of cars growing up, you know, and then your parents having Euro cars, but now owning an Outback and owning a Subaru, are you glad that you went that way and didn't end up like going with, you know, the Euro scene? Yeah. Yeah. I think Subaru was the right choice for me, for sure. Um, the, just Absolutely. It was the right choice. I think, you know, people, people would say, oh, well, you could have bought, you know, any put insert, you know, regular people crossover, you know, here, you know, <laughs> yeah, Tiguan or whatever you wanted. Um, um, I think there is the, I don't know how to describe it, but there's like a, a, a Subaru thing that just, that makes it work. Yeah. Um, you know, people, I, I thought about buying a Volkswagen Alltrack um, after my Crosstrek, after the Crosstrek lease ran out. Um, it's very similar to an Outback. It's just like a lifted station wagon, okay. but I, I didn't get one. And one of the reasons was I was too scared to get it dirty. You know, it's too nice. Yeah. Right. It's one of those things where like it was too nice and I would feel terrible putting my dog in it or, you know, going out to the beach in it and throwing, you know, like sandy towels in the trunk or, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, like going camping and throwing, you know, like a wet tarp in the back. You know, I was going to ruin the carpet. It was just too nice. And so something about the Subaru is it's very nice inside, but it's like rugged. It's not like a, it's not, it can do both. I guess and it's, it's waiting to, to, uh, to go adventure. It wants you to adventure. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's what these cars are, are, are made for. You know, I mean, people buy them. I mean, a lot of people buy them because you see a lot of daily drivers too, but the people that want to adventure, they're going to buy a Subaru so that they can go adventure so they can go get outdoors and, take them to places that they probably have never been to before because they hadn't had the ability to. I mean, that's what's beautiful about having the all-wheel drive, too, is it's it's so amazing, the capabilities of even, you know, stock Subarus, because a lot of people do their modifications, but as a stock car, they're very capable. So for somebody that may 
not be able to afford a bunch of mods, but they just want to go out and have some fun, they can take one right off the lot and, and go do it. They can go do a lot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Subarus are ready to go right out of the box. Um, yeah. And they're... And they're they're ready for it. It's it, you know something about them. You get in and it's like let's go on an adventure. Um, it's not like they can do it. You know sometimes you get in a car and it's like I could go on this adventure. You get it and you kind of feel like it wants to go on the adventure, right? Yeah. So um, when you had your cross trek, did you like see other? Subarus that were modified and like were wishing that you could because but you couldn't because it was a, a you know a lease and then did you know about the Subaru community like especially like the Instagram presence of the Subaru community Yeah I was I wanted to mod the Crosstrek so badly <laughs> I had it all planned out when the lease ended I was going to buy it out and I was going to get um, those KMC bully wheels with KO2s, like what that Subi family has. And I was going to go to Prince Rack and I was going to, you know, get the roof tent and the slides and the lift. And the, um, I think at the time I was planning to get like the LP adventure, you know, bumper and, and all the rest. I had it all planned out um, because I'd seen them on Instagram. Yeah. Um, I think I was... So, so I had transitioned my account and I started posting the cross track. And so as the magical algorithm does started feeding me Subarus. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And I think the first one I saw was actually Nicole was, um, uh, Sir Charles Subi, Sir, Sir Charles Subi. And I thought that that looked so cool. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And I slowly found some more and, I still follow a bunch of cross tracks. Um, just, I, I wanted to mod it so badly. I was so ready. I was like, it was going to be sick. Um, and obviously fate was not on my side <laughs> and life had other plans for me. Yeah. Um, but yes, I, I, I learned about the Subaru community after I got the cross track. I, you know, that wasn't even on my mind, but yeah. I very quickly found it. Yeah. Um, and I was so excited to make the cross track cool. Cause even though Subarus are everywhere, I don't see that many modded ones, even here in the Northwest. Um, and so I didn't really know that that was a thing. Um, and so I was like, ah, this is going to be so dope. And then it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. So when you got your Outback where you're like, oh yes, now I can actually start doing stuff. Yeah. I'm like, this is my chance. And so I've started, I've, I've already started, uh, I've got a Anderson Design Fabrication top hat spacers on, I've got some auxiliary lights hooked up, and my roof basket with my full-size spare, and I think that's kind of it right now. I, I put on wheel spacers when I put on the lift okay. to kind of even out the stance, Yeah. so it didn't look... Um, cause sometimes you see like, well, anyway, I, I, cause the I know body what you was mean. lifted. I, <laughs> I didn't want the wheels to like look too narrow. Yeah. No, I know what you well, mean. So I pushed them out. Yeah. That's cool. Um, with wheel spacers. And I think, I think that's kind of it. It's pretty, pretty low on the mod list 
right now. What but, do you What do you want to do? Um, that's a very long list. <laughs> um, currently, the next mod will be skid plates. Okay. Um, I've been putting it off for a really long time, but one of these days it's going to bite me in the butt. So that has to be the next mod. Yeah, I and saw then, one of your videos. You were, I think it was kind of recently, you were trying to get up this little spot and you kind of didn't make it the first time and then you had to go again. And uh, yeah, you could uh, potentially get into some sticky situations and um, cause some damage. So skid plates are very important. Yeah, yeah, I've I've been putting it off, but I know I shouldn't. So I think that's gonna. I think that has to be my next mod. Um, from a simply from a practicality standpoint. Yeah, yeah, I've hit mine a few times going on some trails. So, <laughs> like, thankful that I had them on there. Yeah, one of these days I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna regret it. So I better do it sooner rather than later. <laughs> yeah. So what would you say is your favorite mod that you have right now? Hmm. Currently, I know this isn't super exciting. Um, and most people would probably say like the lift, but for me, it's probably the roof basket. I know it's a very small mod and lots of normal people, Subarus have roof baskets or roof racks. Um, but for me, as I said, as I mentioned, I have a full size spare. I learned a le- I learned a really hard lesson and <laughs> got a full size spare after that. And I, you know, I don't want it in my trunk because it's going to take up so much space. Yeah. Um, and then I, so I keep my spare up there and I keep my jerry cans up there. When I go camping, basically anything dirty or messy goes up there. Yeah. So yeah. my firewood and my water jugs and my extra fuel i'll go up there so i actually use that a lot it's probably my most used mod yeah that's Um, good and it's it's my favorite because it just adds so much extra practicality to my car and it looks Um, cool and it looks cool (laughs) how do you have your tire mounted up there um it just sits in the basket and then i used the uh i have a like a three-way um why strap I think it's the same one that you have. Actually. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I th- I think you said I think I asked you how you did yours and you sent it to me. Yeah, um, yeah. I uh, I had that one for a while and then I ended up getting rid of the Y strap because it was just getting like old and hard to manage and everything. Um, because when I was getting my tires rotated, I'd have to like you know unratchet it and it was I was really having a hard time. So. Around Christmas time, I was looking for the Yakima one that holds it on the basket, and it oh, has like yeah, a, yeah, the Load Warrior clamp. Yeah, so it has like the threaded rod and the little hook and everything, and they were all sold out right before Christmas. But Cecil, who goes by Go Trekking out in California, I was messaging in our Discord server, and I, we were like kind of sharing, you know, what we wanted to get for Christmas, what we wanted to get for our cars, and I put that in there, and I was like, they're all sold out, and he said. I have one sitting in the garage because once I put my tire carrier on the back, it's just, you know, I took it off the basket. So I'll sell it to you. So he sold it to me for 60 bucks. I'm like, all right, cool. So no way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then I paid for shipping too. But yeah, I mean, I think it was like 75 bucks total and brand new. I think they're 120. So that was, uh, used, but it works well. 
that's dope. Um, yeah. I, I'm fine with the ratchet strap for now, the Y strap, because uh, um, eventually, um, hopefully in the next year or so, depending on how things work out, the roof basket is going away and it's getting replaced with, um, I don't know if you've seen them because, as I said, because I use my roof basket a lot, Mm -hmm. um, I'm getting a half width basket and a half width rooftop tent. I've not seen that. So instead of taking, so instead of being like a square that takes up the whole roof, it's a rectangle. And so it only takes up half the width of the car. Okay. So it kind of looks, so it's kind of like a graham cracker. You know how it's got like a seam <laughs> in the middle? Yeah, you know? yeah. So, so think of like each half of the graham cracker is like one's the roof tent and then one's the basket. I've so never that seen that. Yeah, it's really cool. I think, um, what's, there's a white Outback. Um, of the there's a white fifth generation outback it's like um uh, of the so of the same generation that dorothy ninja outback has yeah and it's got bumper cuts and uh i can't remember their name but there's a white outback and they have one of those half width tents i have to um, look for that it sounds interesting yeah i i wish i could remember the tag so you could be like oh yeah i know who they are yeah well, you um, can send it to me through instagram if you find <laughs> it yeah but basically, um, I, I've had my eye on, on those half-width tents, and so then I could keep the basket practicality. But because the basket will be too narrow for a spare, the spare's going to go on a swing out yeah. on the back. Yeah, I, there's a lot of stuff that I could get, you know, or, or there's just, there's not a lot of things that I need because I don't go anywhere. I don't have places around me to to go, you know? So, like, for what I have right now for my car, because I don't have a lift or anything, I don't have spacers, I just have wheels and tires, I have skid plates, I have the rooftop basket, I have my spare tire up on top, and now I finally have some ditch lights. But, I mean, you know, for what I have right now, like, I'm really happy with it, because I don't need a whole lot, because I don't do a whole lot. I would argue you are doing a lot. 50,000 miles in two years is a lot. If you <laughs> well, me. yeah, I mean, I'm not, but I'm not going like crazy off road or anything. I don't go camping. The 50,000 miles has come from going to Colorado last June. And then I went to my daughter's going to school in Arkansas. So I've been out there three times. My girlfriend lives in Dallas, which is like 280 miles away. So I drive up there as often as I can and then take my son back and forth to school. And then just my son and I drive around a lot. Like we live out in West Houston and we go into downtown Houston often just to go like drive around and get out and walk around downtown and stuff. And I just, I don't know, a lot of times on my lunch break, I get out and go drive. So it just, I'm in my car a lot a whole lot. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh that's, that's where all the miles are coming from is just going all over the place. But, uh, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I did take it out to Colorado, hit some trails out there. I've hit some trails out in Bastrop, which is um, near Austin, but you know, I'd like to take it more places. I just don't have the time yet to do it. Yeah. I feel that I, I go on lots of late night drives. Um, 
you know, when I can't sleep or whatever, um, yeah. I'll go out and I'll just drive around. Um, do you, so do you just enjoy driving it? I mean, Oh yeah. 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 It's like, it's like therapy, you know, it's, it's, yeah, cathartic. it is. Um, I, uh, I, tonight, um, I was helping a friend move and, um, t- in typical Northwest fashion, it was pouring rain. Oh, no. Um, and so I was, I was just, you know, the drive down was nice. I was with my friend. We had all our stuff loaded up, you know, in, in the back of the wagon, um, and driving down. It's nice, uh, listening to some music, chatting with my friend, unloaded all their stuff. And I turned around and I, and I, um, to come back to Bellingham. And it was still pouring rain, but it was, it was nice. It was just like, I was just cruising and the rain was like kind of falling soft, you know, it was raining hard, but it, something yeah. about it was just like so perfect. Um, <laughs> and, so, and, and most people hate driving in the rain and they're like, oh, it's so stressful or it's so hard. And I was just like, this is really nice. I'm enjoying this, you know, um, yeah. vibe, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It. When it rains here, sometimes, I mean, it can be a light rain, but sometimes we get like really, really heavy downpours and those are not so fun. Not like, I don't have a problem with the rain itself. It's just when it rains that hard here, especially like if you're on the freeway and it's not raining, it's like just kind of misty or whatever. And then you get hit with like a really, really hard downpour. The traffic stops really quick, you know, and then it's just hard to see. So, you know, and then at night it's, it's bad too. And I don't have any fog lights, so I really want to get some fog lights so that when I'm driving at night and it's raining, I can at least flip those on and, and hopefully see a little bit better, especially like, cause sometimes the lanes, like the stripes aren't really bright and it's hard to see. So I think if I had some fog lights, it'd be easier to see the lanes. Yeah. Yeah. I have the same problem. Um, no Subaru. It's so funny. Subaru headlights, in my opinion, have always been not super great unless you buy, a, except for new ones. The brand new, brand new Subarus, if you get the LED lights, if you mm-hmm. get, if you, so on the Crosstrek, if you buy a limited, um, if you buy a Sport or a limited, just kidding, Sports still have the halogens. If you buy a limited Crosstrek or any Forest or any, 21 and above Forester or any 2020 and above Outback, they all have LED lights with LED running lights and projectors. And those are so bright. If they are coming towards me at night, I can't see, not because my (laughs) headlights are bad, but because those headlights are so bright. Yeah. Um, But uh, so if you buy a new Subaru with LED lights, they're insanely bright. But if you buy any older Subaru or any new Subaru with halogens. I, <laughs> yeah, I understand the struggle. Um, I also wish I had more lights. I even put, I even have led bulbs in mine. Um, oh yeah. With projector beams and I have fog lights and I still struggle sometimes. Hmm. Yeah. I have the halogens cause I just have the base model. Yeah. But it's so cool. And you have the stick. You have the manual. Yes. Is awesome. Yeah. I love the manual. It's so fun. That six speed is definitely one of my favorites um, on a new car. A lot of um, a lot of newer manuals are super kind of slushy and weird and they've got rev hang and, and all the rest. 
just because nobody buys a manual anymore. So they try to make them as easy to drive as possible. But this, the Subaru six speed is it. Well, and the five speeds in the base Imprezas are so like tactile. They still have so much feedback in them. Yeah. They feel great. Yeah. It's nice. I really like it. I'm glad. I, I mean, I wasn't going to get one unless I could get a manual. So it's just like, it wasn't an option for me. But yeah, um, it was, um, that's awesome. I love that for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And when I had, uh, um, Jesse, he goes by, I am a banana 1984. He was a few episodes ago. He has a manual cross trek also. And then I think I've met up with a couple of other people that have manuals and it's just like, Oh, that's so cool to see other ones out there. I didn't realize Jesse's cross track was manual. Yep. I didn't either until he, I met him at the big event, which is at Gilman Subaru. And we were there. I, you know, I met up with him and cause he had moved out to Austin from California. And when we were there, I was looking at his car and just kind of looking around the outside. And then I looked inside and I was like, Oh sweet. It's manual. He's like, Oh yeah. Uh, so where, where are some of the, your favorite places to explore up there? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I really, if I'm being honest, anywhere Micah takes me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so Micah just has so many spots. Um, Scout Back Adventures, great guy. Um, I, most of the time when I'm out, I feel like I'm with him. Um, but not the other way around because he goes out a lot. Um, yeah. Just when I'm out, I, I, I always hit him up and I'm like, hey, you want to hit some trails? <laughs> um, but I... So those spots are really great. Every spot that he's shown me. Um, Capital State Forest is fun, mostly because it's hard to get lost in it, in my opinion. Like, there's a lot of trail out there and none of it is super, at least nothing that I found is super technical. Yeah, that's um, where they took me. Yeah. And, you know, there's lots of trails out there, but it's it's basically just a series of ring roads. Mm -hmm. And so, you know you kind of just drive around in circles, yeah, very large circles to be clear. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful too. It's really pretty. And so it's one of those spots where, you know, I would feel comfortable going out to the Capitol State Forest by myself yeah. because I feel like I wouldn't get lost. You know, I, I know where I was and, and it's not super technical. So I wouldn't encounter an obstacle that I would either get stuck on or, or, you know, couldn't pass. Um, so Capitol State Forest is fun just for like just going out, but um I really like the beaches actually. Yeah. I I love the coast. I haven't done any beach cruises yet. I really like it. I like driving out. I like the I just I just like the coast. I like the beach. Um and so that's probably my favorite place. I don't do it enough. I don't go to the beach a lot because Obviously, it rains a lot here, and the coast is very, very wet. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm not going to go to the beach in February and where it's raining, right? That's kind of defeats the purpose of going to the beach, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what's the furthest you've driven your outback? 
in a day? Like I guess just period. Like if you've taken a road trip or anything. Mm. Hmm. Most of my outings tend to be, when I go out, it tends to be a couple hundred miles round trip. Okay. So I'll like, you know, reset my trip computer when I leave my house and, you know, check mm-hmm. it when I come back. And it's usually a few hundred miles. I think the farthest I did was when I went out with the crew on the 4th of July last year. So 4th of July, 2021, um, I went out with the crew and we drove out to Eastern Washington, which is pretty far. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, drove out to Eastern Washington, which was far, did the trail and then had to drive all the way back. Um, and I think that was probably the, the longest trip. Okay. When did you uh, find out about Rugged Root Crew? At the and beginning. How? And how? Yeah, at the beginning. Um, I still had the cross track at the time. And Dorothy just messaged me on Instagram, which was such a surprise because I did not think I was cool enough for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I had like maybe like 80 followers at the time. And I was driving a bone stock cross track and I posted pictures every once in a while. Um, but Dorothy messaged me and was like, hey, I'm putting this group together. Would you want to join? And I was like, heck yeah. Because um, it was the pandemic, right? And so it was like just at the start of 2020 or whatever. Um, and I was looking for some friends. I was looking for car folks to hang out with. Um, and so it was just really perfect. And they messaged me and I said, absolutely, I would love to join this group. Um, and the rest is history, I guess. So did she, I mean, was just like a random message to somebody she didn't know, basically? Like, hey, I see your account on here. Let me message you and ask if you want to join. Or had y'all chatted before? I don't think we'd really explicitly chatted. I think we had, I think we were following each other. But I don't think we'd actually had a conversation either through Instagram or real life. Um, I think they were just like, I think they just texted me randomly at you know, one day and asked me, um, but that it was a very long time ago and Dorothy and I have had many conversations since, so I could not tell you. <laughs> um, but I'm pretty sure, um, I'm pretty sure they just texted me cause I, I vaguely remember just being so excited that somebody thought that I was cool enough to join a group. But you know, <laughs> I mean, it's like, and, and I've talked about that or a lot of us have talked about that, you know, on, on different episodes is, it doesn't matter what stage your Subaru is in, you know, and especially in the off-road community is like a lot of people, they kind of like feel the same way you did. Like, I don't know if I'm cool enough to come to this meetup with all of these heavily modified or semi-modified Subarus. But then you get there and it's like, you feel so welcomed and you know you like you're a part of the family and like you belong and you're like but you know my car is just stock and it's like but that's okay and then you find out very quickly that it doesn't matter that you're part of the family anyway whether you have one mod or no mods or a whole bunch of mods you know it's like that's what's so cool because like i've kind of felt that way too with with my cross track is like I see all these other builds out there and I'm like, oh, mine doesn't, like, I don't think, like I get all these likes sometimes like early on with my, with Pearl and I'm like, why are so many people liking 
my car. Like there's not much going on with it. And then you've got all these other ones that are like got all these super cool mods on them and they look like beasts. And then there's Pearl, which just had some decals on it. And I'm like, I don't know. I guess that's just the way it goes, you know? Yeah. It's so crazy, right? Because, you know, back then I thought like you had to have some cool modified car, you know, just in general to be a part of, you know, car groups. And so I, I, I wasn't. And so I think that, you know, being asked to be a part of this group at the very beginning, you know, coming from where I was, um, I think just like really emphasizes what the Subaru community is about, you know, not just Rugged Roo Crew, but the um, yeah community as a whole that, you know, everybody in this community is welcome. Um, you know, whether you have a ton of mods and go out every weekend or, you know, you're bone stock and are kind of like, you know, three times a year type person. Yeah. Um, and I think that that just like, it's such a wonderful part of our community. Yeah. Um, I, I've never asked this question before, but who's the, like, who have you connected with that's the furthest away? Cause I, you know, like I got connected with somebody over in Australia. I've got connected with somebody in France. I know somebody, um, I don't know if I've connected with anybody in New Zealand or anything, but you know, some other spots. So do you know what the furthest connection you have to somebody? Yeah. Oh, I think, um, I was messaging back and forth with, uh, a few months ago, I was messaging back and forth with an individual from either South or Central America, um, who had a BP out back like myself. Um, the cool thing about what, what I'm slowly learning about, cause I, cause I have an older Subaru, um, was that as, as you know, you and I both know Subaru is a fairly niche manufacturer, yeah. um, both, both in terms of like the American market, but just worldwide. Right. Um, Subaru sells like maybe like 150,000 outbacks a year or something like that, which is seems crazy but then you think Ford and goes and sells you know 150,000 explorers every month you know something like <laughs> something crazy like that right yeah um so I was actually messaging with this guy from somewhere in South or Central America I'm so sorry that I don't remember I think it may have been Argentina um but also had a BP outback and they're not super calm they're not there's not a lot of like BP outback off-road instagrams that i at least have found um there's a lot of like legacy gts and turboed outbacks that are like slammed with you know stanced and all the rest yeah yeah um, but and anyway i was talking i was messaging with this person from i i'm just gonna go with argentina really cool outback um they were sending me these pictures on on the top of some like crazy volcano um which wow. was super awesome and i learned from this person that on my generation so from 2000 from you know 2005 to 2009 in the united states um or 2004 to 2009 worldwide um they actually came with a designated low range gearbox they came with a oh, low range man which is not something we got in the u.s market 
No. And I don't actually, I think it was strictly for the Central American market. This, oh, and, and the Australian market. Yes, and, because at the time that we released or that I released this episode with you, there's an episode that I recorded with Miter, and he goes by Ignition Off-Road and he's in Australia. And so I recorded an episode with him and he was talking about the dual range um, gearbox or transmission. And he kept talking about it. I'm like, what is it? You know, what's a gear? What, what does that mean? I mean, he was talking about how you have the really low range first gear so that you can like crawl, you know, and you don't. And he said that they, they, they only got it over there. Like we don't have that in the U.S. market. So that's really cool. And also, what is a BP Outback? I'm still learning, like, I don't know all the different generations and models and stuff because I'm still, like, learning as I'm going through this whole thing. Because, as you know, listening to other episodes, I bought my Crosstrek and knew very, very little about Subaru and about all the different models. Um, we're all learning, Raph. There's so much to learn. <laughs> I know. Um, but... BL um, and BP, they're pretty interchangeable um, with some niche exceptions. I know, you know, some people are going to listen to that and type some comment and be like, no, <laughs> actually, but it's the generation chassis code. Um, and so BLBP is the third generation Outback and also the fourth generation Legacy. Okay. So um so that's kind of like the sk forester and you know exactly gotcha. which is 2019 and newer yeah um the yeah yes so so it's it's the generation and the generations are based on the chassis and the chassis code and it's actually the um like the first part of your vin um, oh okay so it, it'll be in your vin number um and so like for on, a, on an Impreza, a bug eye Impreza, it'll be like some numbers and then it'll be like GP and then some more numbers. And so that's the GP Impreza. Gotcha. On my Outback, it's like a couple of numbers and then it's BP and then a lot of more numbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so, now I want to go look at my VIN number and see what it says. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think for... Oh my gosh, I think I said that backwards. I think the second generation Crosstrek is GP, if I remember correctly, um, is because it's global platform. Mm, okay. Is what that stands for, if I gotcha. remember. Potentially. Don't quote me on that. Don't quote me. <laughs> Sam said it, and it's true. You I can't... said it, therefore it must be fact. <laughs> um, but I yeah. think GP is the second generation Crosstrek and also that Impreza that was around there. So yeah, the 2017 yeah. and newer Imprezas because that was the first generation built on the global platform. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I know you've been through the sand. You've done some cool stuff in the mud because I sent you, I, I found that one post that you did and I sent it to you. I was like, man, I would love to do that because I've been through mud here, but not like that's, that spot that you were in, that's exactly the kind of spot that I want to find where it's kind of semi-flat and just muddy and you can just go out there and rip it, you know, and just do some donuts and stuff. Like, I've never found a spot like that yet. And the spots that I have, 
are very like I have said it many, many times, the spot behind my the school that my daughter used to go to. There's I mean, I probably could do that out there, but I don't want to tear it all up. So I just kind of go through the ruts that are already there. But I've never been to a spot like that where it's just flat. So and I'm sure you've driven through snow too, correct? Yes, uh, lots of snow and lots of mud. Um, I, yeah, driving through the mud is really fun, but I'm always really scared that I'm going to go through a puddle that's way deeper than I think it is. (laughs) Um, Yeah. That's my biggest fear. And so I actually now carry a water stick. Um, And I think it was actually maybe i think it was adventure dad wagon yeah who was like you should carry a stick for measuring water depth and i thought ah that's such a great idea yep um and i went out and i went to like home depot or whatever or lowe's and i bought you know uh just it's a round it's about this big it's probably about the size of like a nickel in diameter maybe Mm -hmm. um and it's I don't know. Just like a wooden rod? Five feet long. Yeah. Something like that. It's it's just a wooden rod, basically. Um, and I went out to my car and I measured the um I measured the height at the bottom of the doors and I measured yeah, so measured measured the from the bottom of the rocker panels and put a hash in it. And then I measured from halfway through the axles, halfway through the wheels. So the axle line and put a hash through that. Nice. Um, So so like worst case scenario, (laughs) like you have to be up into your axles. Yeah. Um, Because at the time where I live in Bellingham, Washington, it was, we were having some really serious flooding, which is super unusual. Um, It was like, you know, everybody's saying this is like once in a thousand years flooding event type situation. And so there was a ton of water up here. And so I was, you know, like, how deep can I go? You know, if I have to, right? How low can um, you go? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, and so, so so I put the hashes in. I There's three. There's wheels. Um, and so that way my diffs can still breathe. Um, and then uh, bottom of the rocker panel. and then. Also, the bottom of the control arms, which sounds silly, but because that is technically the lowest part of the car. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they don't hang down a lot. But, yeah. you know, if I approach a rock funny, for example, you know, and hit the control arm on a rock, that could cause some really serious damage. Yeah. Um, so that's my measuring stick. Oh, that's um, good. Yeah. What is your favorite to drive through? Even though you're, you know, iffy about mud because of puddles or low, you know, spots that you are lower than you can yeah. see, which are, what's, what do you enjoy driving through most? I think mud mostly because I love splashing through it. <laughs> I lo- <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I love when you go through it and it goes, whoosh, yeah. Um, and it goes all up and down the sides and then hopefully it dries and then you can drive around town a little bit with, you know, mud all up and down the sides of the car. Yeah. Yep. That's, I know. 
<laughs> I do that and I'm like, I'm not going to wash it off for a while on purpose. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to I'm going to take the street cred, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, unfortunately, usually by the time I get home, it's washed off just because it rains here all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, it is very rare when I will go out and the dirt stays on for longer than like a day or two. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think mud just for like the fun factor and the showiness of it. Yeah. Um, especially, um, especially like, like in the place that you were talking about, it was, it's just, it was this very large flat, you know, um, area. So it wasn't like, Oh, I'm, it wasn't like a puddle. It wasn't yeah. a puddle where you drive through and you go, how deep is this? Yeah. Um, it was just kind of, Yeah. Um, and, and, and so you, you could see exactly what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. Makes it not as uh, iffy and don't have to right. worry about it. Just go out and have fun. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I, but I think mud is my favorite just for, you know, the showiness of it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever gotten stuck in mud or snow? Never gotten stuck in the mud. Um, uh, and I, that's mostly because in my experience, I've never found a puddle that is either deep enough to get stuck in or B is thick enough to get mud in or thick enough to get mud in. <laughs> the mud is thick enough to get stuck in. Yeah. Um, but I have gotten stuck in snow once, twice, a couple, I at least once. Yeah. Um, the time that comes to mind is... I was with uh, Micah. I was with Scoutback Adventures, and we were up in the mountains. We were climbing, and we rounded this bend, and there was a bunch of snow, and we were like, ah, let's keep going. And we kept going, and um, we, we kept going, and it kept getting deeper, and we thought, mm, maybe we should turn around now. And we tried to turn around and, uh, I got stuck. <laughs> Do you have to um, pull you out? He did have to pull me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's okay. He's uh, a yeah. man. His car is a beast. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's just so, so unique too. You know, he's just, he's done so much to it. It's crazy. And then I think my absolute, I mean, as awesome as it looks, my favorite part is his Ikea bed frame ba rooftop basket. Cause it's just like, who does that? You know, it's like, he, I remember he was talking and he said, you know, I saw it sitting over there. I'm like, I can make that into a rooftop basket. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm always, imp I'm impressed by Micah. I really am. Um, his car is really cool on its own, but also, you know, his, he does everything himself. Yeah. You know, all That's of the, impressive. Whenever, whenever anything breaks, you know, he fixes it himself. Um, and also just all of his modifications are custom one-off modifications. Like his, like the lights, his sea lights on the front, you know, he did all of that himself, um, which is super impressive. And the Ikea bed, he did that himself. And so I'm, I'm just yeah. very, very impressive. Yeah, it's a it's a fun looking car. Very cool. Uh, so, how often do you get out to hit trails? I try to go out 
at least once a month. Um, okay. Yeah, probably once a month. I'd like to go out more. Um, I uh, just some life gets in the way sometimes, but I would say on average once a month. Yeah. What's your What's your favorite thing about getting out on the trails? I mean, like, what is it, what is it, what does it do for you? That's a deep question. I, that's a very deep question. <laughs> I'm thinking, um, I think, I think it's two things. I think first, um, I know that this might sound silly to some people, because this probably wouldn't be the first thing other people list, but for me, I think part of it is the social aspect. I don't usually trail alone. Um, and so I think getting out and seeing people who have similar passions that I do is really nice for me. Um, yeah. Cause, cause most of my, most of my, like, I don't really know how to say this, but most of my f- non-car friends don't like cars clearly like that's kind of a silly <laughs> statement but yeah you know no i get um, it and and so you know like i can't like like that's not a side of me that comes out very often it's something that i'm deeply passionate about but most of the people i hang out with don't share that passion and so being able to go out and do this thing with people who also like to do this thing um you know who, that's yeah and who get it and who get it exactly, and so that's something that means a lot to me. Um, the other thing, which is probably most people's number one, is just nature, man. Yeah, yeah. The I I all I'm always so amazed by just the beauty of the Northwest. You know, when you're c- climbing up this mountain and you're around this bend, and bam. There's a giant volcano, you know, Mount Rainier. I just, I, it's so beautiful and it's really just kind of incredible. You know, you look and you go, wow, that is just either, you know, you think, wow, that's just the enormity of that mountain is insane. Or you go and you go, you like the amount of trees there are in this one location is insane. And I know that that sounds silly, but I think it's a good, just reminder of just how special you know the world is yeah so going off-road and like hitting the trails and stuff where did your like love and passion for that come from i mean is it something that you always wanted to do like hey i really want to go off-roading i want to go hit trails or is it something that once you got the subaru and knew of its capabilities you're like let me go i want to go try that too you know i have no idea (laughs) (laughs) um i've always loved getting outdoors i think i'll start there i've always loved hiking i like i grew up hiking and camping and skiing and so those kinds of activities and just getting outside um has always been a part of my life and i think that going out and hitting the trails has allowed me to pursue that, you know, outdoor passion. Yeah. Um, 
more to like a further extent um, in while also like combining you know my 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 passion of cars you know some people might say oh well what about my mountain biking or skiing um you know there are lots of ways to connect with that the outdoors whatever your thing is for me i think being able to combine both of those passions you know being outside and my love of cars together yeah um i don't know just this perfect storm i guess <laughs> you can get places a lot quicker with a car too <laughs> that's so true you can get yeah. places quicker and you can get to places farther yeah like i've been to places that i never thought i would have ever been um yeah just because you can get there in a car yeah yeah i mean if for people that like to go mountain biking you know you can get to trailheads a little bit faster you can get to just other spots you know you can go to camping spots that you probably normally couldn't go to in a regular car and just the views that you can see you know getting up somewhere in a car it's just you can't uh you can't beat that i fully agree i'm one of the things that i'm most looking forward to is um finishing my like the camping stage of my car um because i i've done traditional camping that you know in the sense that like you go to a campsite and you like you basically like you know you, you go to like a national park or, or like whatever or a national forest or a state park and you camp and whatever um which is very which is great um and if that's your thing go for it. I support you. Whatever it takes to get outside, I am fully supportive of. There is something really special for me about dispersed camping, which is when you go out, it's not a designated campsite. It's just on a mountain somewhere, you know, basically. And there's something really special about that. Yeah. You know, this isn't, it's not a tourist spot. It's not a designated campsite. It's just you in the woods. And there's something special about that. It's a different experience um, that I really love. And so I'm really excited to get my car to that spot where I can do that more often. Um, And, and so, you know, similarly to like what you said about, you know, mountain biking gets you, you know, you can drive out to that spot and, you know, so you can ride your bike. For me, it's like, I want my car to get me to those really cool dispersed camping spots. Yeah. 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 And then, um, oh, what was the other question I was going to ask? Oh yeah. Are there like trails or some place that you would, that's kind of like a bucket list place that you could go or would go if you you know, could go anywhere with your car and go trail or explore? What an excellently timed question. Ah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am planning to do the WBDR in August. Um, and what the, is the WBDR? Great question. Um, the WBDR stands for the Washington Backcountry Discovery Route. 
Um, it is 500 miles of off-road trail that runs from the Oregon border, so the Washington border with Oregon, to the Canadian border. So it's the entire length of length height of the state north south. Mm-hmm. Um, so from the southern border to the northern border, or northern border to the southern border, you can do it both ways. Um, and it's basically fully off road. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, so it's really it's really cool. I'm planning to do that this summer. Um, and so that's been like, that's kind of like a bucket list item. When I first learned about it, I was like, Oh, I have to do this. This is going to be so cool. And now it's going to happen. And now it's going to happen. It takes like a week to do. Um, and you basically, you know, you go and you try and meet the, you go to these checkpoints along the way, basically these, there, lots of people have done it. It's not like, um, it's not like I'll be the first person, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so there's like a way to, to do it. Yeah. Um, and so like, you know, there are spots that people are like, you should stop here and you should stop here. Um, you know, you should try to get to this point on this day and this point to this day. Um, and so I'm really excited to do that this August and September. So August slash September, 2022. Um, and then the other two trips that I really want to do is a national park trip. I really want to go hit the, I really want to go do a road trip where I go to a, where I go to a public land in all lower 48. So in every contiguous United States. Nice. Uh, and it, for me, it can't just be like a random public land, you know, because all the states touch each other except for Alaska and Hawaii. Yeah. And so I don't want to be like, boop, and like technically drive through Wyoming, <laughs> but like, you know, the northwest corner of Wyoming. Um, like it has to be like, I, I would like it to be, quote unquote, like the big one, you know. So you could be like, I've been to blah, blah, blah park. And people yeah. are like, oh, I know that one, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, um. So that's the that's one that I really want to do. And then the last one, and this is my dream trip, is drive from the northernmost point in the Americas to the southernmost point of the Americas. Wow. So go all the way from like northern Alaska or Nunavut in Canada or, you know, the Northwest Territories in Canada. So, but I'd probably start in Alaska. The northwest corner of Alaska, all the way down to the southernmost tip of South America in Argentina. Wow. Um, that I probably couldn't do in a Subaru. Um, it'd probably need something a little more robust. Yeah. Um, but that is probably like, that is something that I really want to do. That, that is a cool, uh, that's a really cool trip. I think it'd be, be so cool. Yeah. You would see a whole lot doing that trip. Yeah. Go through all yeah. sorts of different cultures too. Yeah. I think I, I think it'd be like so awesome and, and just kind of just a crazy story, right? Imagine pulling up to yeah. a, like, a dinner party and be like, guess what I did, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that'd be awesome. Um 
If you could swap Subarus with one person for a day, who would it be? Oh. Hmm. That's really hard. There are so many are so many awesome builds out there i i don't know if i can pick <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are so many people that i like you know i follow on instagram and i'm like ah your car is so cool i wish i had your car and then i scroll to the next picture and i go man your car is so cool i wish i had your <laughs> car yeah um i <sighs> that is i don't know if i can answer that ralph <laughs> that's okay um, you don't have to I just thought I would ask yeah there are so many cool well, I don't think I could pick one alright what about this one three people in the community that you have not met in person that you could hang out with that you could meet up and hang out with also really hard <laughs> because the list used to be you and Maya Gravel Express, who goes by Gravel Express on Instagram. Yeah. And it also used to be, interestingly, it's a 3.0 thing with underscores. So it's underscore A underscore 3.0 underscore thing mm-hmm. on Instagram. Um, the reason why it was those three is because um, all of you all are so cool. Um, obviously. Thank you. Uh, the podcast is great and you're practically famous at this point. Um, (laughs) um, and then Maya gravel express, because I thought that their outback was really cool and their, um, little Impreza sport is awesome. Yeah. And their art is awesome. And I just think they're very cool. And they've like, they've like done art for Subaru, which is crazy. Um, and so I really wanted to meet them. And then also Walker, who's uh, it's a three Oh thing because there are, there are very few BP outbacks on Instagram that I found. I'm very sorry if you drive a very cool BP and I haven't found you yet, send me a DM. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but um, it's, re- it's, it's hard to find BPs out BP outbacks. It's also really hard to find 3.0s. Um, because most of the people in the car community go for the turbocharged model, the XT, which is the same one that Ben has that you spoke to, um, PNW OBXT. Yeah. Um, a yeah, few that's awesome. month, uh, a number of episodes ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so most people buy those and then they lower them and stance them and all the rest. Um, and so I really wanted to meet those three people, but now I've met them all. So that's kind of my list right now. Um, complete. I think I'd really want to meet Wade in the Wilderness, who drives a new Outback Wilderness in white, which, in my opinion, is the best color. I haven't seen that account. Um, yeah, they're they're local to the Northwest. Okay, they're, they're up here, and I would also really like to meet. I mean, honestly, I just really want to meet everybody. I, I think... yeah, I do too. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, I mean, that's why I went up to uh, Washington. You know, I wanted to meet Rugged Roo Crew because I had been down to um, been out to San Diego to meet a lot of Soft Road Nation. I've been to Colorado, met Chris and Juan, and then <laughs> I've met uh, Jay, who goes by Audiophile. He lives um, south of right. Chicago. I've been. I've met the Cross Trek. He's out in Virginia. So yeah, I've. But I want to get out and meet more people. I want to go up to the Northeast. I want to meet Subi Nova and Squid Trek and uh, Sam, that wandering Fozzie. And so, yeah, I mean, it'd be cool to do like a, you know, Subi and you podcast national tour or something and go out and just hang out with people and meet people and do some episodes while I'm out one of these days. There are so there are so many cool people to yeah. meet. I know. I, I know. I know. I like just spent you know five minutes trying to come up with names. I just, I don't know. I I don't go to the East Coast or like outside of the Northwest very often. Um, I just I would love to meet everybody, and so there's no really there's no there's nobody really specific that I'm like ah, I really. Yeah, um, but, no, I get that. What is something that you always have in your car? The basics, really. Um, I always have a fully stocked first aid kit. I Every time I do an oil change, I assess my first aid kit <laughs> yeah. um, to make sure that it's um, fully stocked and that none of the products have expired um, inside it. I think that that's really important. Because um, some people... Because a lot of you know, a lot of people will throw a first aid kit in it and like never think in their car and never think about it. But you <laughs> try know, to use it six years a, later and it's yeah, like, exactly. oh, it's and all the corroded are and all crusty. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, the zipper doesn't work. Um, I also always keep my radios in my car, um, okay. unless they're dead. <laughs> yeah. But um, I keep those in my car just for emergencies. Um, and also just they're convenient. That way, if when I go out trailing, I always have them. I don't forget them. Yeah. Um, the other things that I keep in my car are a set of work gloves. Um, if I'm ever on the side of the road and have to do a repair or, you know, tow somebody out of a ditch or whatever, um, gloves so you don't get your hands wet or gross or dirty. Um, yeah. Very nice. And then a hat, a good hat. Um, rains a lot in the Northwest. If you ever get stranded on the side of the road, having a hat to keep the rain away and or a beanie in the winter to keep your head warm. Um, also super important. And by extension, also a pair of winter gloves. So work pair of work gloves and a pair of winter gloves. Um, and also, I always have a couple of granola bars in my car. Again, yeah, food is important. Food is important. Granola bars are shelf stable for eons. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, if you ever get hungry or whatever, um, or somebody, you know, just yeah. And then I, I, I also keep a small toolkit in my car as well. My I keep a small set of sockets. Yeah, um, and because my car is old, um, I also have. Um, I also keep a small collection of fluids as well. Um, ATF coolant and a quart of oil. Also um, important. Just because my car is old, 
Um, and uh, I have had to whip out the ATF <laughs> once or twice. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good thing to have on hand. Yes. Um, a little, little something, something I actually learned from Micah. Micah's oh. always got a lot of, you know, uh, tools and whatnot in his car. And I was like, oh, I should definitely start doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when we were out on the trails, he went over some crazy little like ridge thing or like hill and he kind of got stuck and was like, you know, and made it through and ended up messing up his power steering somehow. But he said that I think later on he found out that he didn't add enough fluid or something to it. (laughs) So it was kind of like something that he did prior to that happening but uh yeah it was just yeah i think he threw some fluid in it and he was good yeah old subarus are kind of it's just one of the things that old subarus that when they get to a certain age power steering system just kind of goes kaput and you just gotta fix it um yeah i know brian lipke just replaced his entire power steering system mine is also on its way out i'm refilling my reservoir maybe you know every uh 1500 miles every 2000 miles um my rack is leaking like a sieve um, <laughs> oh, no. it, needs, it needs to be replaced um badly um but i i'm waiting to do it because I'm also going to replace, I also need to replace my control arm. So I'm just going to do it all at once. Um, but yeah, obviously things cost money. Yeah. <laughs> That's important too. <laughs> yes, it is. And yeah. it's, it's funny cause I'm, I'm doing them both to save money. So I don't have to you know, rip out and, and frankly to save time. So I don't have to like rip it all apart twice. Cause you know, you're going to have to disconnect the control arms anyway. Um, to get the rack, the power steering rack out. So I might as well do it, but I'm going to just do both at the same time. But that's this summer. Um, that's a summer project. I don't want to lie on the wet pavement. That's honestly the biggest thing. Wet, lying on the wet <laughs> pavement. Yeah. You know, trying to get this power steering rack out of the car does not sound like my idea of fun. So when it dries up and it becomes summer, that's the project. Grab a couple of big uh, cardboard boxes, throw them down. Yes. Could do that. Yeah. Then it soaks up all the wetness and then it doesn't do any good. <laughs> True. And it adds a little cushion. So you're not just lying on the concrete. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if, if you were told that you had to trade in your Outback for another Subaru, which would it be and why? Ah, uh, easy question. Easy money. <laughs> Um, as I mentioned, I think earlier, in my opinion, the Outback is kind of the pinnacle for Subaru. I think that that's like the top of their lineup. Um, and so it'd have to be an Outback specifically either on Onyx XT, um, because honestly, the Onyx just looks dope with the black trim and I really want StarTex. I used, I worked for Subaru for a while. And so I was in and out of these cars all the time. 
StarTex. Awesome. I love StarTex. That's their synthetic leathers that they're putting in their sport models and the Onyx editions and also okay. the Wilderness. Um, it's a synthetic leather and it also is like water repellent. It's super cool. Um, save the cows. Save the cows. Yeah, it's really cool. So either an Onyx edition or a Wilderness um, or, and this one's a little interesting, a Touring XT. Um, a Touring XT is XT, so it's a turbo, and then Touring is the top trim. So Touring XT gets you all the things except for the Wilderness goodies. Um, so it has the brown Napa leather, which is my favorite interior choice. So I know I just spoke very highly of StarTex, but that <laughs> yeah, the, the Napa leather and, and Subaru Touring trims in America, because Touring means something different for Canadian listeners. Mm, um, okay. Our Touring trim um, has the brown Napa leather, which I love. It also has ventilated seats, which is Nice. touring trim exclusive um and so wow. it'd either be the touring xt or the wilderness or the onyx xt so i guess anything with a turbo any of the any of the turbo outback models yeah it's uh, it'd be nice to have a little more power yeah but it's yeah. uh i still like it it's still fun and you you have the fun factor though with yeah, the with, the, with manual. the manual it really makes a difference. I know I oh, know yeah. a lot of people poke fun at people who drive manual cross tracks and say oh it doesn't really make that much of a difference. It does. From I I've noticed the di- I noticed the difference for sure. Yeah, because I mean I don't know what it's like to drive an automatic because I've never driven an automatic cross track, so I can't. I can't speak to the difference between driving a manual and driving an automatic. I just don't know. Yeah, but you drove you drove the Millennium Falcon, which is also a CVT. It's the same CVT. Yeah, but I mean, it's, I don't know. I mean, I guess it maybe has more power than a Crosstrek. I don't know. It's also heavier, so. Yeah, yeah it's, it was definitely, it was, I like the Crosstrek because it's small. The Outback is... It's kind of too big for me. I like Mm -hmm. having a smaller car. Um, And I just, but I do, I don't, I don't remember what generation it is because I don't know the generations, but the generation that I guess um, PNW OBXT has. That's my generation. That's the BLBP. So Java Wagon 2008, is that the same generation? Yep. That's also BLBP. Okay. Yeah. See, I love that body style. Those are, if I had, like, if I had my choice of, you know, an older Outback, that's the generation I would get, because I love those. Same. It is, in my opinion, the packaging is perfect. It's just the right size, Um, because, and I have no actual evidence to prove this. I don't have any, like, data, but it feels like in in overall volume, it's the exact same size as the Crosstrek was. So like mm. if you were to measure all the interior dimensions, they would yeah. be the same. You know, you could fit like the same amount of stuff. Yeah. In air quotes um, inside. <laughs> yeah, because but... it's, it's obviously not as big as the newer Outbacks. And that's what I like. I, I don't just the, the overall body styling is just awesome. Because I remember yeah. seeing Java Wagon in person. I was like, oh, my God, this thing is amazing. 
It's so yeah. cool. Yeah, the the BLBP, in my opinion, is probably the best Outback generation. No offense to anybody who has any of the other Outbacks. They are all fantastic. I think, and, and I'm not, I want to be clear, I'm not saying the BLBP is the best because I have one. It's the other way around. I think the BLBP is the best, and therefore I bought one. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> yeah. But the reason being is I think the styling is really good. Um, and I also, for mechanical reasons, um, the 3.0 and it has an actual automatic. So on trails, um, I don't have to worry about a CV, CVT problems. Um, but I think after that, it would go sixth gen so the current generation the one that the out that the wilderness is based on and then the fifth gen um the wilderness is pretty awesome though too the wilderness is so cool and Um, yeah i don't remember who i was talking to i don't know if it was if it was an episode i was recording or i was chatting with somebody but talking about how pretty much any color wilderness looks good yeah yes i think I think white is my favorite um, because it makes all the all the black and bronze accents really pop. Mm-hmm. But the blue is super cool, <laughs> yes. and like audiophiles blacked out outback yep. or wilderness is also super cool. Yeah, um, it's 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 hard to choose, you know. I mean, but that was what, that's what I like about. I mean, that's what I, I like about not having a black one is because of the accents against a color. Like that's at least the accents pop. Yeah. And that was like the, one of the first things that was like really appealing to me when I saw a cross check for the first time. So yeah, that was a, uh, yeah, I like that. Yeah. I, I'm really glad that when Subaru came out with the sixth generation, they, the, a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people may criticize me for this, but I really, they, the plastic cladding went over the wheel arch mm-hmm. um, in fifth generation Outbacks. So like uh, the Millennium Falcon and like Ninja Outback, um, that generation. So from 2015 to 2019, um, sorry, 2014 to 2019. Um, the 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 plastic cladding over the wheel arch was an optional extra that was a dealer oh. accessory which is why some of them have them and some of them don't and that was also true on the bms so the fourth generation from 2010 to 2014 it was also an option to get uh the the plastic the black molding over the wheel arch and i think it looks so much better i think it adds kind of the, that like rugged look yeah that you know, Subaru is going for. And so on third generations, the BLBP like mine, we don't actually have black cladding. Um, I don't know. We have, it's painted, it's body color um, or two-tone. So my car is two-tone. So it's silver with the gray accent. So where, you know, on newer Subarus would be, you know, black plastic. Mine is painted. It's gray, um, which is really cool. And I think it, like like you said, you know, having that accent really adds to the rugged look of yeah. the car. Yeah. Um, so having that, you know, 
difference. I think it, I think improves the look. For sure. So, what would you what would you say is your favorite thing about being in the Subaru community? Definitely the people, for sure. Yeah, the people in the in the Subaru community are so welcoming and accepting and everybody is just so kind um you know you you send you dm a random person on instagram and they get back to you and they're so like yeah of course here's like my list of things um and then you go and meet them in person and they are just as genuine in real life you know um And that's, that's really incredible. And, you know, the the story that I said at the beginning, Dorothy just messaged me out of nowhere and was like, would you like to join this group? And yeah, I, the people that I've met and the adventures that they take me on is, is incredible. And I, uh, I love that all these people have the same passion um, and there's no gatekeeping, <laughs> you know, everybody's very, very welcoming and it's super refreshing. Um, I, I think, I think that's my favorite part is definitely the people that I've met and the adventures I go on, I get to go on with the, all these lovely, lovely people. Yeah. Would you, I guess you would have to say, maybe say the same thing for, how owning your Outback has changed your life? Or is Absolutely. that answer? Okay. Yeah. 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 I think, you know, the, the same answer. And I think the Outback specifically um, has brought me so much closer to this community. Um, you know, the, I loved the cross track, um, but this outback has brought me so much closer to the community. Um, I, I, I think because it's very freeing to not have the car payment, you know? <laughs> and, and, and so, so I can be a yeah. little bit more like brave, I guess, and go out and do these, uh, do, do these adventures, um, with these people. And you can mod uh, it too. I can mod it and which opens the door for so many interactions with people. Yeah. Um, I can, I I can engage with this community on a whole new level that I just, that I wasn't able to do before. Yeah. Well, I didn't have any other questions or anything else you wanted to share. Um, no, uh, no, I guess. My big question is, when are you coming back up here? <laughs> I don't know. I got to figure that out. That's a, that's a tough one because I'm trying to figure out like what I'm going to do this summer. I want to go somewhere locally here in Texas with my son. I was planning on doing like some kind of a long trip somewhere um, for like a week or something. But now I think I'm going to end up doing like maybe a couple of long weekends or maybe three long weekends. So just trying to coordinate with him and figure out what we want to do together. So, and then I am going to go up to Arkansas for a long weekend to go visit my daughter at some point. And probably up in Dallas, um, there's a DCI competition up in Denton. So I'm going to take him up to that to go see 
which is going to be really cool. Lots of lots of trips planned for this summer. Trying to, yeah. I mean, those two at least, but uh, we want to go do something else. I just don't know what yet, so we'll figure it out. But it's uh, the hard thing about coming up there is I have to fly. You know, I mean, if I wanted to drive, I'd have to take off like a week and a half, you know, because uh, it was like when I looked up the the distance to drive, it was like one day and 10 hours. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna have to like make two stops on the way up there and two stops on the way back. And then, um, yeah. And then I don't know if I drove, it'd probably cost me just as much in gas as it would to fly. Yeah. Yeah. It, the Northwest is far. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And Texas is so gosh darn big. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's the thing that sucks about living here is everything is so far away from me. You know, it's like all the, a lot of the people that I've connected with that I would want to meet up with live so far away because I have people up in the Northeast that I've connected with and people up in the Northwest and then people in California. And it's not like, you know, I mean, like Colorado, when I went out there, and met up with Chris and Juan, that wasn't too bad, but it was still like a 15 hour drive. And, you know, we had to stop halfway through. I want to go to Arizona because it's about the same. Go meet up with Freedom Foz and some of the other people out in Arizona. But, you know, it's just, it's not easy to just make that drive and you've got to plan for it and take several days off of work and make sure you have enough PTO. And it's just, you know, and I don't always have a lot of PTO because I end up taking days off throughout the year because of kids. You know, there's people at our office that didn't have any kids and they're like, oh, I've got like 80 hours of PTO or like, you know, 140 or something. I'm like, what? How do you have so much? You know, and it's because they never take any days off because they don't have to. Yeah, that's so hard. I get it. Um, yeah, I mean. It's hard to take big trips like that. Um, the PTO thing is real. Yeah. I, yeah. Not being able, not having enough time. And, you know, it's, it's funny because I sit here and I go, man, do I really want to drive, you know, to Olympia from, you know, I, from where I live. Um, Olympia is maybe two and a half ish hours from where I live. And so, like, that would be just to meet up with the crew before the run, you know, for yeah. example. And I go, man, do I really feel like doing that? <laughs> um, you know, two and a half hours, you know, that's a decent amount of time. Um, but, you know, I, I guess in, in comparison, that's, you know. Yeah, um, it's not bad. I mean, like, we've, I like, like going out like, to San Antonio here, but. There's not really anything to do off road. I just like going to yeah. San Antonio to go to San Antonio. But like for me to go hit some trails, it's a few hours. And then it's just gravel roads over yeah. some long hills, no mountains or <laughs> anything, you know? So it's not anything super exciting. And we have off road parks here that you have to pay for. But it's like, I don't want to go pay for some park just to go off roading, you know? It's like when I see people hitting trails all over the place that are, cause like in Texas, it's a lot of private land. There's not a lot of public land. So it's, it's hard to do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely super blessed in Washington. We have a ton of public land. Yes. Um, it, our number, uh, the number of 
you know, national parks and state parks. And we have, we have so much uh, public space here. It's, um, I never realized how uncommon it was to have so much public land. Um, yeah, I mean, have in Washington. Yeah, because I met up with um, this guy the other night. His name's Randy. He goes by S A T X Trek, and uh, he lives in San Antonio. And I was like, "Hey, is there anything out here?" And he's like, "No, not really." <laughs> you know, he's two and a half hours away, and there's not much there either, just the way that it is here in Houston. So, yeah, it's uh, that's why it's hard for me at times to have content because it's like i'm taking the i feel like i'm taking the same pictures over and over again just like around where i live and it's just like it's boring like i haven't posted at this point i haven't posted this is thursday i haven't posted since last saturday and i usually was posting like almost every day but i'm just kind of like getting like discouraged and bummed and you know it's like i don't have anything fresh to do you know it's nothing cool and then you've got like Milton, you know, posting reels every day is TikTok reels and going through Moab and mud and, you know, like some, he, he, he does a really good job. You know, I mean, I know he, he's, uh, he's doing a lot with it and he's a little wacky, but, you know, he's having fun and that's, it's cool to see him having fun, you know? Yeah. Milton, the amount of content that Milton produces is rather impressive. Yeah. I fully agree. Um, but sometimes it's just so hard to produce content. Um, back when I you know, had the cross track and I wasn't really going out because I was a little too scared and, you know, didn't have a lot of experience and blah, blah, blah. Um, I would post like once every couple of months, probably. Um, wow. And I just like, I didn't have anything. And even now I go out fairly regularly and I, and that, and I feel like I'm posting the same pictures over and over again. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, same angle. Sure. It's a different location, but you know, especially throughout the winter when everything just looks like a snowy hill, <laughs> you know, yeah. is it yeah. a totally different snowy hill than the one I was at last month? Yes, but it looks the same, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's spots around Houston that I've seen people take some pretty cool shots. Um, I just haven't gone out and explored enough. Uh, so it's not like I can't get good content or different content. I just haven't taken the time to do it. But, you know, it's like my car account is becoming less important um, because I want to try to start doing more with the podcast. Because uh, like talking about the whole PTO thing, I was doing the podcast full time. I wouldn't have to worry about PTO. <laughs> It'd be nice. I mean, that's my ultimate goal is to to find a way to do it full time. But it's uh, that would be cool. I think that'd be awesome. Um, yeah. I, you know, everybody says you should find a way to make your passion your full time job. That's and, what I'm working you know, on. You know, I I wish you the best. That would be so dope. Yeah, thank you. Well, like I said, I mean, if I, you know, if I had that ability to do that and I had the time, the, you know, more freedom, I, my goal would be to get out and meet more people and contribute to all the, you know, organizations that are doing like fundraising and stuff. I mean, that's the kind of stuff I want to get involved with because I don't want it to be just 
oh, the Sue Being You podcast is just a podcast and he just interviews people. You know, I want to, there's a lot, a lot of stuff that I can do with the platform, a lot more I want to do with the platform. And it's unique, you know, there's nobody else doing it. It's true. You found a niche. I did and I didn't even know it. You know, I just started off with an idea and now it's like gone crazy and it's, it's, uh, it's awesome. I'm glad to yeah. be here and I'm glad everybody enjoys listening to it so much. You know, I still, I mean, I'm as at this point I've released at the time we're recording, I've released 75 episodes and even now I still, I'm like, wow, people really enjoy listening to the podcast, you know? So, because I'm not on that side of it, you know, I'm not on the end of people listening to it and it becoming a part of their lives. So it's different for me than it is for everybody listening. Yeah, it's, it's perfect. Um, I listen, I listen to the Sue and you podcast when I do my drives. Um, so when I do, when I'm going out to trail or, um, driving back to, you know, to and from Seattle, which I mentioned, I do fairly frequently or, or at least regularly. Um, and it's perfect for that. It's like the perfect amount of time. It's the perfect, like type of content. And, um, cause it's just, it's great. And it fits it into my life like that. So, well, I'll be honest, I don't listen every week. But I save them for those drives. I save them. And they're great for that. I've had people say, oh, yeah, I'm saving up episodes because I've got a drive coming up. That's exactly what I do. And I know not everybody listens to it every week. There's podcasts that I listen to that I don't listen to. Sometimes I won't listen to a podcast for a couple of weeks. And I'm like, I haven't listened to a podcast in a while. So let me go see what, what the latest episode is. So... Uh, you know, I get that, but, and I don't expect everybody to listen to it every Monday, but there's a lot of people that do. Oh, I, mean, I know. I, there are a lot of people who are super regular listeners. I'm pretty sure Ben is a super regular listener. <laughs> I think he listens, you know, every Monday when it comes out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, and see, and that's cool. Like, I mean, when I see, cause I, the trick is like, I don't post on Instagram until 8 a.m. Central Time, but it actually gets pushed out to the apps sooner than that. So the people that know that, by the time I post, it'll be like at 45 downloads already. So it's like, it's super cool to see that. It's cool to see that there's people that are like anxious and ready and waiting for the new episode to show up. And like, it just means so much to me that so many people love it that much and and it's still like like i said after 75 episodes i'm like really y'all y'all still really love it that much i think people love their community and so many people are looking to connect with it um you know in different ways right we all we're all connected through instagram and and our car clubs and our groups that we're all a part of i think the cbnu podcast really brings something special and new and different to the table um you know these really in-depth one-on-one you know looks at at the at the people um behind the cars right we all we all we all see we all see the rigs 
um, but you don't get to see the people on Instagram. And I think that this podcast really brings out the you part of the Subaru. Yeah, that's I mean, what I did there. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, that was the whole, you know, that was the whole idea with it is I saw people, you know, you can only do so much on Instagram. And it's like, my thought was like, I wonder if people would be interested in coming on and expanding on what they do on Instagram, they post about their cars, you know, and, and they talk about their cars through like, you know, posting their mods and places they go and stuff. But would they want to do more and talk about it more? And then it's just, it's turned into more than just that. Cause my original thought was like, people would come on, talk about their mods and places they go, but then you end up learning more about the person too. And I've had people say, Oh, I talk to them all the time. I didn't know that about them. It's cool that people get to hear that. And then you see somebody that you've connected with that you get to chat with on Instagram or whatever. And then now you get to hear them on the podcast. Yeah, I think that that's definitely one of my favorite parts is when I get to either hear somebody that I've followed on Instagram for a long time. Um, You know, I get to hear them for the first time, right? Which is super awesome and kind of can be a crazy experience sometimes, (laughs) especially especially when it's people, you know, I don't live near and wouldn't, you know, meet up with usually, right? And so to go back to the question a while ago, you know, who would I meet up with? Um, I like Kanga, either Kanga.ru or like Kanga the Ru in Colorado. Yeah. You know, I think that would be, I'd love to meet up with them. Um, and also Shadow Ru, who's their friend. Who, yeah. who, I th- who I think, you know, they're together a lot. Um, you know, I think I'd love to meet out with them. Um, that would be super cool. But they're in Colorado. That's pretty far. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, yeah. I'd love to go visit, you know, there's a huge Subaru community in California. Mm-hmm. Uh, go Adventure Trek and 4x4 Subi to name like a couple of the big ones uh, that roll off you know, the top of my head. Um, I, you know, I'd love to meet them too. Um, and of course, uh, appears to be everybody's favorite adventure dad wagon. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, there are all these people. And so it's, it's awesome to hear their voices and to kind of get to pseudo meet them on the podcast. Um, cause you know, all the, all the, we live in a very large country as we discussed and so yeah. going out to see those people would take a big undertaking it would be a very big undertaking yeah 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 Yeah. well cool man it was nice chatting with you and and like even like with us like i haven't chatted with you that much on instagram and so to have you on here we actually get to talk you know and then it's cool because it gets me connected with people more you know that i may not have really chatted with much before we recorded and so some people I've kept in touch with a lot and we still chat a lot and others I haven't so much, but it's, you know, I'm trying to keep up. It gets difficult to try to keep up with everybody, but you know, it's, uh, I enjoy it. It's, I'm glad I did it and, uh, I'm glad that people enjoy it so much. Me too. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that this has been such a success for you. Um, and I'm also really happy that you have brought this thing to the community that clearly means so much to 
so many people. Um, Thank you. And that, that's awesome. I, it's really, really incredible that, um, you know, the, the podcast has done, has reached as far as it has. Yeah, I looked up uh, when I was talking to, chatting with Miter earlier from Australia. I think there's been like 600 and something downloads from Australia. So after his episode, it's probably going to be more than that. <laughs> Which would be Whoa, nice. that's yeah. so cool. Would He's going to be your first non-US. No, I had um, I had Jordan who goes by L- ALNSM Overland. He's oh, in right, France. Right. Yeah. Who's, who's French. Yeah. With the older Forester. Yeah. And then I have had an Australian guest on before, but she's not living in Australia. She's living in here. She's living in the U S yeah. one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. Rihanna, yeah. Yeah. That was really cool. I was super, super thankful for that. That was awesome. I'm that sure was a she... fantastic episode. One of my Thank favorites you. for sure. Yeah. I'm sure she'll be on again too. So I, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. I want to do one in person. That would be really cool. That would be epic. That would be super epic. Yeah. I'm just going to be like, hey, can we like go to Travis's house and do one with him too? (laughs) (laughs) I was about to say the same thing. It would be awesome to get them both um, on on the podcast. Yeah. They um, go hand in hand. I know. Talk about the team. Um, Yeah. that'd That'd be dope for sure. Yeah. So, all right, man. Well, uh, thanks again for doing this. And uh, glad we were able to make it happen. I know we had to postpone it a little bit because I just had too much going on the last time, but made it happen. I really appreciate you um, having me on the podcast. and uh, I can't wait to keep listening. Yeah, awesome. Well, you have a good night and uh, we'll keep in touch and uh, I'll talk to you later. Absolutely. All right. Adios. Adios. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in to this episode with Sam, a.k.a. PNW Autocar. If you're not doing so already, go give him a follow and please share this episode in your stories so other people can find his episode, but also find the podcast and listen to all the other awesome guests that I've had on as well. So thanks again for tuning in. I hope you all have a great week and we will see you on Wednesday for the Subi Scoop. That is what we're going with from now on. 